0: Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for joining in today's show. This is Dana from DAS Financially Consulting Services and Financially Compliant Solutions. I'd like to welcome you into the new season, and uh, very excited that everyone is here and joining me. Uh, I wanted to um, kick off today's show with a welcome back uh, theme for those students that are uh starting their uh, college uh, journey, if you will. I know I have uh, many friends and family members uh, who have just moved their freshman first years into their dorms and uh, are uh, now some empty nesters, while others um, have their kiddos um, at home that are also now going to Uh, be attending, you know, elementary, high school, middle school. And so I just want to wish everybody a great year. I know last year with everything that had gone on with the pandemic, it seems like we're getting back to a little normalcy. Uh, So I want to wish everybody a great year. And without further ado, let me uh, get right to the um, updates that I have uh, that have just come in from the department. And I will say that Um, speaking from 15 years of working in this industry, I have never in this past two months received as many updates from the Department of Ed. I I don't recall, uh, this many updates and it's kind of like if you don't have whiplash yet, you, you might as well just hold on because I know I do. Uh, so let's, uh, just back up a little bit, um and start with the the updates that we had received in over the summer, which began in June. And this was all for uh, the new award year that we just started on July 1st. And for those of you that are, are new to financial aid, whether you're a student, a, a parent of a college student, or you are a... Um, financial aid advisor uh, who may be new to the industry. Uh, the uh, the start of the new award year began on July 1st and that is the 2021-2022 award year. And award years with the uh, definition of the department, uh, the dates run from July 1st to June 30th of the, the, the uh, next year. So the current award year we're working on again is 21-22. Uh, or 2021-2022, and uh, it started on July 1st. It's going to run until June 30th of next year. And uh, while we have that going on, uh, the latest updates, and I'd like to say hello to Vivian. Thank you for joining me, Vivian. Uh, The latest update we had received, or the first update, I should say, was on June 17th. I, I believe that was the date. And on June 17th, we received a notification from the department that we no longer had to uh, receive and or no longer review files that had the C code for selective service registration or for the drug conviction uh, question that is on the FAFSA. So we ended up um, having to eliminate those reviews as of June 17th and 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 you could start it on June 17th but I believe in the Federal Register it was like June 17th and then you really had to implement it I I believe it was as of August 16th but um don't quote me on that I I, because I didn't totally memorize the dates but it is in the Federal Register if you want to go back uh, to to uh, FSA partners and the electronic announcement that they had put out and again, it was, I'm pretty sure the date was June 17th because it was around the date that we um, got the new federal holiday of Juneteenth um, announced as well. So that was the first update and that again affected 2021-2022 files. Um, Mind you, we're still working on the 2020 and 2021 files. So um, with that update, then a couple of weeks went by, and then on July 13th, we received an update from the Department of Ed. And um, the Department of Ed uh, indicated, and this is for all schools across across the board that receive Title IV aid. So if you're eligible to receive Title IV aid, you're under this these regulations and guidelines. Um, when it comes to uh, processing uh, financial aid files or student files for review, so on July thirteenth, the Department of Ed said for the 2021-2022 files, we no longer had to review V one flag verified verification, um, or we no longer had to, or we modified our review of the V five flagged uh, files for verification. So what that meant was, is that we were told that we no longer, as of July 13th, if they were in your pipeline at the school, and they hadn't been awarded yet, and you had documents in the file to complete V1 verification, which were your verification worksheets, as well as tax returns uh, that you needed to review, then you would be able to go forward and um, give those documents back to the student and the parent and then we would be uh, going forward and doing the override to award those files. So it was basically to get the files generated through the pipeline faster to generate money or cash flow is w- what we were looking for and, and the reason behind that. And I'll go into that a little bit further um, in the show, but right now this is what uh, we need to concentrate on. So. With that override and giving those documents back you needed to award the file and when you award the file you needed to mark it as an override and how you did that was if you are processing awards and this is still going on and it will continue through to um the end of next year uh when the award year closes out which will be on september 30th you needed to um Make sure that you go in, if you're using the uh, department's program for Ed Express. you need to go in and make sure that you mark that override by changing on the Pell page, if you were awarding Pell Grant or are awarding Pell Grant, that you change it from a V to an S. So that that's what you want to do and make sure that you get it to, it was selected, but it was not verified. So make sure that as a financial aid advisor, you're you're putting that uh, override on your your files for your students. Now, once those files are reviewed, that's just so that when the 2021-2022 files are audited by the department, uh, that you know those were appropriately flagged. Now, moving forward, um, there was a an announcement that came through this week. Uh, which I believe was just a day or two ago that, because we're starting um, now with the 2022-2023, we're a month, less than a month away from the 2022-2023 FAFSA being released for completion. And that is on, that date is October 1st. So the dar- department put out an announcement saying that the ED publishes verification requirements for the 2022-2023 and it excludes the existing waivers. Now, I received this information and I am for those of you that are in the world of financial aid. um, NASFA is is a great resource for you um, because they they provide most of the updates. And I will recommend that if you're not following them on Twitter, you might want to do so because you're getting updates on a regular basis, uh, sometimes multiple times during the day. or throughout the day, I should say, from the department. So, um, and NASA is um, good at uh, posting those updates. And what it says is that the waiver of verification of most of the free application for federal student aid Forward slash institutional student information record VASFA slash ICER and um, information will be repealed for the 2022 2023 award year according to the Federal Register notice announcing the 2022 2023 verification items and acceptable documentation. For the 2022 2023 application year, EDS requirements will revert to the 2021 2022 requirements that were in place prior to the ad's announcement of the waiver in July, except that verification of high school completion is no longer required in any verification tracking group. This means that all of the 2022-2023 FAFSA applicants who were selected for verification in the V1 tracking group must complete the verification process and application applicants in the V5 tracking group must again verify all data elements within that group, including income data. The 2021-2022 waiver will continue to be in effect for the remainder of the 2021-2022 application year. And then this is separate from the waiver for the COVID related verification flexibilities on identity statement and educational purpose and the high school completion status, which remain in effect through the end of the first payment period that begins after the date that the COVID-19 national emergency is rescinded, which is not yet occurred. Okay. The announcement there, there's, there's more um, to this announcement, um, but I'm gonna stop there because like I said, right now, uh, for those of us that work in this industry, if if you don't have a whiplash, I, I don't know why, <laughs> because I know I almost do. Uh, so, we have taken something that was pretty simple and now have made it uh, a little complicated um, because as we know in this financial aid world, we are running usually two different award years at the same time. So you have to remember on one award year, we're running this information, you know, running with these guidelines that we have to follow to make sure that everything's in compliance before we award the files and get it ready for audit. So we don't have to go back and take care of it. Um, so you wanna button everything up so that you don't have to worry about it in an audit. And now we've got the 2021, 2022 award year, which we've gone from from basically when the award year opened, which was back on October 1st of, last year when the FAFSA could be completed and to start reviewing files and verifying files up to July 13th if the files you know hadn't been awarded yet now we're switching gears and we're giving back documents and you know making sure that these files got the waiver on them because again you want to make sure they're buttoned up before you award them so that they're prepared for audit and they don't get flagged in an audit and and potentially uh, have a finding in an audit so that that money that you awarded on that particular file is in jeopardy right and now we have the 2022 2023 getting ready to start and now this is the curveball that we've been thrown so just uh want to put it out there that um, as as a good resource make sure that that you have access to NASPA and if you're a student and or a parent listening to this section of the of the podcast Um, and this probably is a little bit more information than you want to know but I'm fully transparent when it comes to um, awarding uh, these files and so that that's what this uh, show is all about and I'm here to help anybody um, whether you work in the industry or you receive an aid um, as a student um, or even a parent if you've got a plus loan y'all need to be you know up on this information so that's that's what I'm here for and, and trying to do um, with helping with the ins and outs of financial aid. Now, um, having said all that, let's just concentrate on the 21 2022 20, files, okay? So, this award year, as I stated earlier, started on July 1st. We have until June 30th for the FAFSA to be completed for this particular award year. Um, the And I will have to back up because the 2020-2021 award year is still ongoing until September 30th. And that date is important because of the fact that that's the end of the fiscal year for the United States government. The fiscal year for the United States government starts on October 1st, and it ends on September 30th of the following year. So, um... We have a deadline coming up for those 2020-2021 files that I need to to go over uh, with everyone. And that deadline is being um, published on the ICERs as the September 18th, I believe, for ICER corrections and FSA reporting, confirmation reporting for V4 and V5 flagged uh, verified files. I'm going to share with you that in my experience of working in this industry for as long as I have, which is um, about 15 years, that date is subject to change without announcement. So I have always um, instructed my clients to make sure that if you're making any corrections on uh, those particular files and or you have not reported out the V4 or V5 uh, confirmations to obtain the FSA confirmation, which has to go in the student's file that was awarded uh, for audit review, you need to get that done sooner rather than later. Now, I know some of my clients have posted uh, September 11th to their staff as being a date uh, that they recommend. Um, I would I would say that I would definitely want to make sure that you're you're doing them next week just just get them done make sure that they're they're ready to go so that um, you don't have to worry about them at the department or central processing I should say is that does it that, that branch of the department um, turning off the switch uh, so that you don't have access to the 2020 2021 uh, corrections or reporting anymore okay so so just make sure. That, that you have that information in there. Because again, if you don't, it's a requirement for audit for those FSA confirmations. And, and you need to make sure you have them in the file so that that money is not in jeopardy of having to be returned in in, in an audit finding because you're not going to be able to report them. And uh, so just just putting it out there. Now, um, as far as ICER corrections go, you need to make sure that your ICERs um, have a valid EFC in order for them to be able to be awarded. If they have a valid EFC but the information isn't accurate meaning they were and, and if they were selected for verification V1 or V5 and the information's not accurate or you've got conflicting information that hasn't been resolved you need to get that taken care of um, because again once that's shut off, you're not going to have access to it. And when and then the other thing, a date that's coming up and looming is, is that you've got to get all those files awarded for 2020-2021 and processed so that you can request disbursement before September 30th uh, for your Pell Grants. Loans are a whole different ball of wax. We're just talking Pell Grant here. So if you have students that are going to receive Pell Grant, you need to make sure that you've got that in line and you gotta get all those uh, disbursements requested from those awards by September 30th. Otherwise, you can do it as a late disbursement, but you're gonna need to go in and request uh, that the school be opened back up again and it's it's a little bit of a process. So just, just to avoid that, make sure you've got that taken care of. Okay, so moving on. To um, the, the other updates that I wanted to share, and I, and I know I'm kind of, in a way, bouncing around, so I appreciate you keeping up with the bouncing ball, if you will. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that uh, everyone is on the same page with regards to uh, making sure that your 2021-2022 uh, files that are currently in process... If you have students that uh, signed the enrollment agreement at your institution, you awarded the files, you gave them their award letter, and you have not heard back from that student, and your start date is looming or it has already started, you need to contact those students. Um, and students and parents, if you are, um, in that situation and you have decided not to attend that institution you need to contact the financial aid office and do, deal, do due diligence. Let them know that you're not going to be attending so that they can update your internal record uh, with the Department of Ed because if you've been awarded Pell Grant and you've been awarded loans and you aren't going to attend that institution but you're looking at maybe attending at a different institution that's going to affect your eligibility. So it's better to get the loans canceled at the institution that you decided you're not going to attend and also have them adjust the Pell Award, meaning remove it from your file, so that you can go to the next institution and not have an issue with that award. Okay, so uh, make sure that everybody's on the same page um, because and the reason why I'm pointing this out is because I was reviewing a file this week for a client and the file was uh, ready to be awarded, but we couldn't award it because the student had been awarded the full Pell from this award year at a prior institution with an enrollment date that began last week. And my client's uh, enrollment start date is next week. And the department, what happens is, is the department will call that if they're both awarded at the same time, they'll get flagged. And both institutions will then, who awarded the the, the, the Pell Grant money, will end up with uh, documents that are generated automatically from the department system. And it'll say that you have a, con- a student that's in concurrent enrollment and you need to figure out between the two schools will need to figure out who's getting what Pell. So, it's easier if you're not going to attend a school to have your record updated so that the school doesn't have to go through trying to contact you and figure, and, or the new school and trying to figure out who's getting what money because of the fact that, and in, in, you know, you as a student aren't even planning on attending the initial school that got awarded. Okay. So, th- that's just common courtesy, and it's also what I like to say, due diligence, because you're signing a contract with that school, that enrollment agreement is a contract. Um, so, you know, and it's good practice as you are uh, uh, going through um, this whole experience um, to, again, learn the, in, the ins and outs. And plus, it also um, helps your record uh, be up to date, if you will. So, so just... Uh, putting it out there that um, you're going to want to make sure you contact um, that institution. Now moving forward for those students that were awarded are attending the institution make sure that um, when you're getting ready to receive disbursement um, you're on the same page as your financial aid office and the reason why I'm putting that out there is is because The way the department sets up the disbursement system, the disbursement system is set up so that you have payment periods. And you also need to be in what we call satisfactory um, academic progress. So satisfactory academic progress, what does that mean? That means that every institution that is um, in the Title IV program that receives Pell and direct loans has to abide by the satisfactory progress and so every school has to have a policy and if you don't know what your school's policy is then you need to talk to your financial aid advisor and understand what it is. So your first disbursements you can get automatically. Your first disbursement of Pell, first disbursement of loans and any other uh, aid that was awarded to you, scholarships, or uh, some students or some schools qualify for federal work study, and then they also qualify for uh, what is called SEOG. So those first disbursements can be automatic. Once you start, those first disbursements are processed. Then to receive your second disbursements, that's when the satisfactory academic process progress uh has to, or has to be um, within the policy. And if it's not, then there's gonna be a problem with your second disbursements being received. So I'm just gonna put it out there that there are those um, students who are, it's their first time away from home. And yes, we're, we're gonna be studying and we're gonna be doing this, but there's also that really fun element coming in, right? So you want to make sure that you do a balancing act because you don't want your satisfactory progress to get out of whack so that you don't get your disbursements in a timely fashion and uh, things go downhill, if you will. Okay, so just make sure, again, that you're on the same page as far as satisfactory progress goes in the policy at your school so that you, you get your disbursements in a timely fashion. Okay. Um, and one last thing on that before I let y'all go for the weekend, um, I want to just put out there that there is no shame in if for some reason, as you progress through this first payment period, you realize that what you thought you wanted to do or go to school for, you find out it's not your cup of tea. There is no harm in looking at a different program, but you got to do it. You got to make the decision and you got to talk to the powers that be, which would be your financial aid advisor and your academic advisor. And just make sure that um, if this isn't your cup of tea, don't make it painful on yourself. Go ahead, pick a different program and go for that different program. Okay? Uh, So, Just putting that out there too so don't be shy because remember you're paying for this experience and um, as we continue on with uh, my uh, podcast shows and if you haven't uh, heard or listened to some of the prior episodes uh, this all ties in with our student loan debt and here in the United States And, and we'll get into that in another show because that I could talk forever on but Uh, So I just want to put that out there. Don't be shy. You're appearing for this experience and this is your life. Okay. There used to be a show called that. This is your life. And um, you want to make sure that you're doing yourself, you know, the right thing. So, and if you're not happy with what you're doing in life uh, and and love what you're doing, um, it's work life. You're not going to like it just putting it out there you're just not gonna like it and there's no reason to make it painful okay so on that happy note uh i hope everybody uh has a great labor day weekend um it's a long weekend for some of us and uh some are getting together joining family i know that football season has started i'm a huge college football fan for those of you that may not know me um The Ohio State Buckeyes are my team. Uh, They played last night against uh, Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And my dad was from Minnesota. And I was born in Ohio. Um, That's my mom's side of the family. So anyways, uh, long story short, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And uh, it just so happens that Coach uh, Day, got to put a shout out to Coach Day, Uh, He is a fellow New Hampshireite, and uh, for those that you may not be familiar um, with uh, me and the show, uh, I have a studio here in uh, the seacoast of New Hampshire. I'm right next door to the University of New Hampshire and a couple of towns over from some really cool uh, cosmetology beautician schools, uh, Empire Beauty School. And also uh, Michael's School of Hair Design are a couple of schools um, that are are close to me. So I just want to put a shout out there. And I wish everybody a great weekend. And uh, be safe. Have fun. Enjoy all the festivities with football and family and barbecues. And uh, I'll be talking with you next week. Thanks again for joining me. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.